this morning we kind of had to juggle a few things since we had so many people out and then we had some stuff happen kind of in the uh, early hours this morning and and there were some teachers unable to be here so uh, I wound up teaching uh, from uh, fourth grade all the way up through I think we had uh, maybe an eighth grader or two in there and uh, so uh, it was fun it was awesome uh, little kids do not mind sharing immediately what their thoughts are um, <clears throat> When your older kids are there, this is normally what you get out of them, <laughs> right? So, so we can learn stuff from each other. Um, but we were talking about this morning about life and or about the the ark and just kind of where we're at. And, and if you if you think about the ark itself, we're we're not in the ark. Don't worry, we're we're still we're going to be talking about Jonah today. But when you think about the ark. You hear all of these different things. You hear the world say, well, the ark, that's just a good story. It's a good fable. It's something that gives people hope. But the reality of, of a bunch of animals being on a boat, uh, eight people surviving, and then everything being repopulated, I mean, come on, that's just, that's just crazy. And what I told the kids, I told our youth, and I, and I tell our youth this all the time, you either believe all of Scripture or you have to believe none of it. It's either all or nothing. And that is why that song, Ancient Words, those, those words, that, folks, that book that's over 2,000 years old can be trusted because it is the only book that has lasted. And people have lost their lives over this in defense of it. And, and, and right now in Afghanistan and Iraq and other places, there are people who China... Rush, there are people who stand on the word of God and risk their life every day. So if you want to know what our church is about, we're a church that believes that every single word in this book is God-breathed. And it is accurate. I believe that a donkey spoke. Right? I believe that. I believe that Christ was born of a virgin. I believe that he gave his life and on the third day he arose. And I believe that a big fish swallowed a man because that's what scripture says. You're like, but that doesn't make sense. I, I, it doesn't have to make sense to me. If it made sense to me, then I would be as smart as God. And that would make God really dumb. Right? It's okay. You get it. Trust me. Trust me. So we're going to look this morning at, at another lesson from Jonah. And it's one that we perhaps don't like. It's one that is often disputed within the church. If you're in a church and all they ever preach is the love and grace of God, get out of the church. Because that's not all of who God is. God is just. God is also at times angry. you ever read that in your scripture? By the way, it's not our type of anger. His is holy and righteous. When we get angry, it's not usually holy and righteous, correct? 
There's this side of God that's no longer spoken about. There's this side of God that's no longer discussed. And I think we're beginning to see it in our lifetime. We are starting to see things that my great-grandmother talked about. My great-grandmother was one of the most godly women I have ever, one of the most godly people I have ever known. And I believe that every, probably every year she read through the Bible. I mean, this woman was just godly. She just knew the scripture. And, and, and when you're 99 years old, fixing to be 100, and your mindset is the Lord's about to come back, you probably ought to listen to somebody who's been there, done that, and got the T-shirt. And she understood what was happening. She looked at the world that we lived in, and, and she warned us and, and, and warned her family to trust in the Lord. And, and as I think about some of my family this morning who has walked away from the church and, and, and in essence walked away from, from God, it bothers me because why can't we trust those who have always trusted the book? But instead, our new churches are changing what the book means. Well, well, that's you said John Kerry said it, but yet you can listen to people who are in pulpits today in our churches saying, well, that's not really what they meant. The reason that the things are happening around us in our world today is not because people are bad. It's because the church has left God. That's who God is going to judge is the church. And he's doing it in such a way now that we're beginning to see. He's saying, pay attention, pay attention, pay attention. Because I am getting ready to do something. And folks, when God gets ready to do something, you better make sure you're on God's side when he begins to do it. So let's look at this. Lessons from Jonah. Jonah chapter 1 verse 4. Stand with me so we can pray after we read the scripture. It's a very simple uh, scripture here. It says, however, the Lord hurled a great wind on the sea and there was a great storm on the sea so that the ship was about to break up. Father, we thank you for your words. And we thank you for the fact that you intervene in our life because you love us. You're not sitting back in heaven looking down, waiting for us to mess up. That's not it. You're right here involved in our life right now. You're with us. You walk with us. You've given us your word and scripture. Your Holy Spirit guides us. And that is why there are times in our life where nothing seems to be going right because you are trying to get the attention of the church. Lord God, may we pay attention this morning to your word. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. So as you know, we've been going through Jonah now for quite a while, and we've, we've pretty much gone through the chapter, but now we're going to go back and revisit some things so we can kind of get those learning points really down really good as we look at Jonah. Now remember, Jonah was called to go to Nineveh, but Jonah didn't want to go to Nineveh because he had judged the people of Nineveh, Nineveh as being unworthy of God's grace. And he knew that if he went, that the people were liable to repent and then God wouldn't destroy them. And all that, all that Jonah wanted for Nineveh was what? To be destroyed. 
They were an enemy of Israel. He loved Israel. And by George, anybody who's an enemy of Israel needs to die. That was his mindset. So he didn't want to go to Nineveh. He wanted to go the other way. So he runs. And we know that he's running from God. He's running from what God had called him to do. Um, and we had discussed in here how many of us have ran from God. And a lot of us had to admit, yes, in my lifetime, I have ran from God. And so what happens is that God intervenes. God comes up into the life of Jonah and he does something on purpose and with purpose. And, and here's what we have to learn is that if you belong to God, there are going to be times that God interrupts your life because you're running from him. There are going to be times that God comes into your life and he's going to bring the hammer. Not just the, oh, God loves me. God, God just is going to give me his grace. No, there are times where God will literally bring his hammer with him. And how many of you know what it's like to be knocked in the head a couple times by the hammer of God? You know why that is? Because we're hard-headed spiritually. We're, we're, we're spiritually hard-headed. And we, we get in our head that, that we have a better way or we're not going to, we, you know, we don't have to do this. God can send somebody else. Jonah's mindset was, God, I don't want to do what you've called me to do. I have no desire to follow this thing through because or see this thing through because I know you're going to do a great work in Nineveh and I hate these people. And then God shows up as he always does. Again, it's not like he was a far off. He was right there, but God's fixing to do something in the life of Jonah because Jonah is being too stubborn. I've got good news for you. If you belong to God, if you are truly his, he will show up in your life if you're not following what he's called you to do. Now, that's good news. It's also very scary news, correct? Because God can show up in your life in a way that you weren't expecting him. Now, here's what I want us to understand. Here's this ship. They're headed to Tarshish. He's running. And the Bible says, not Satan. How many of us give too much credit to Satan? The devil's doing this, right? No, listen to what it says very clearly. However, the Lord hurled a great wind on the sea. Who's causing this to happen? God is. Well, Brother Tom, he's allowing this. No, no, no. The Bible says that he is causing this. He is doing this work. He is doing something to get the attention of Jonah. He is saying to Jonah, listen to me. You are going against what I've called you to do. So he, this, he hurls a great wind on the sea, and there was a great storm on the sea so that the ship was about to, about to break up. Why? Because God was about to get the attention of Jonah, and Jonah was too hard-hearted and too strong-headed to do what God called him to do. So God is fixing to come into Jonah's life in a very harsh way. If you're sitting here today and you're thinking, you know what? At least I'm not running. I'm, I'm, I'm doing what God called me to do. Folks, it might be those secret sins that God's going to deal with in your life. Jonah, his sin is I'm just running. Some of you, you're trying to do what God's called you to do. We're trying to do the right thing, but it's those little things that we're allowing in our life that God's saying, those have to be gone. Those have to be out. If you're going to follow me, you've got to follow me with all of your heart. And so we look at Jonah and we're going, well, at least I'm not running. You may not be running, but it's those little things that we're allowing in our life that don't need to be there. If you were to look back at your life over the past 18 months, since all this nonsense hit back in March of 2020, 
Are you the same person you were before? Or have you become less and less in your walk with God? What is happening with you? What is taking place? Folks, if you belong to God, (laughs) he is known to get into your life and interrupt it until you come back to him. Jonah was running from God and God showed up. And there's a lot that we can learn right here in the scripture. First of all, we see that the ship was about to break up. God does cause things to happen. God does cause things to happen. Remember, God will put in your life more than you can handle. I I will preach that every Sunday if I have to. God will put more in your life than you can handle. And the reason that he does it is what? So that we will depend upon him. But how many preachers and how many so-called Christians say all the time, God will never give me more than I can handle. That's a lie. Folks, let me ask you a question. Do you think Jonah on his own could have survived this big fish? Why do you think he's going to cry out later in, this, in the scripture? He's crying out from the belly of this fish going, God, I recognize now. I, I, I hear you. I see what you're doing. I'll go. It is because God put on him more than he could handle. And God causes things to happen, and they happen because he loves us. But if you listen to a lot of preachers, if you've got something bad happening in your life, you've, you've got, oh, that's terrible. You need to confess. You need to do this, do that. Folks, there are times that God allows bad to happen even to good people. Did y'all know that? You ever read the book of Job? He loves us. There are times that God allows things in our life. There are times that God does things in our life simply because he loves us and he wants to draw us closer to him. I think about Miss Betty Zorn. And I think about her walk with God. The ups and downs of cancer, the ups and downs of the battles of her life. And yet, folks, if you really got close to her and you got to know her, all she did through those battles was draw closer to God. I think about Robin Wood and, and, and all the cancer struggles that she's had, and yet her faith is still in the Lord. I think about my great-grandmother who buried six of her 14 children. And yet her faith in God never wavered. Folks, bad things can happen. They can happen to good people, but sometimes those bad things that happen to us are because we are too stubborn to do what God called us to do. And God will intervene. God will cause it to happen. God will take a hold of our life and begin to shake us if he has to. And some of you are like, I don't like that kind of God. I do. I'm thankful for that kind of God. Because I remember at times my mother having to grab hold of me and my father having to grab hold of me and discipline me because I wasn't doing what they called me to do. And that's what a loving God does to his children. He will cause things to happen in order to shake us, in order to grab a hold of us, in order to make us pay attention and realize here's what's happening, here's what's taking place. You see, God is sovereign, so all that happens must have at least been allowed by him, if not directly caused by him. Do I believe that God desires to bless his children? Yes, I do. I I believe that. 
the problem that we have is that we think blessing is financial. We think blessing is health. When the truth is, the true blessing of God is an understanding of Scripture, discernment in life that we live. Those are the true blessings of God. You see, God is sovereign. He is who he is. And we must understand that you and I, when we get outside of his will, we are asking for his judgment. We are asking for his hand, heavy hand, to be upon us as his children. What we struggle with is understanding that God does not think like we think. Listen to what he says in Isaiah 55 says, my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor your ways, my ways. Now that right there should be a warning to us as we begin to look at different churches that that are, that are preaching different things now. They, well, we once preached this, but now we're preaching this. That's why like you look at the Southern Baptist right now and you're just scratching your head going, which direction are you headed? Where are y'all going? What, what are we going to begin to do within the, the, the Southern Baptist life? What, what's that going to look like in a few years as we begin to, to walk away from things we've held true to for hundreds of years? All of a sudden now we need to change things because people's feelings are getting hurt and, and we shouldn't be preaching certain things or we should do this or that because we've done this wrong or that wrong. Yet we've stuck to Scripture until now. And now instead of preaching Scripture, we're being told to preach other things from the pulpit. Look at how many of the denominations have changed what they believe over the years to make it more people-friendly, more seeker-friendly. Folks, if you're going to a church that's preaching anything other than what Scripture says, or they're trying to tell you, well, that's not really what it means, remember this verse, my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor your ways my ways. God's word is good, even if it's 2,000 years old and older, by the way. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor your ways my ways, declares the Lord. This is from God. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. I firmly believe that a lot of what's happening here in our country is due to the fact that churches no longer preach truth. We no longer stand on the things that we were called to stand on. I celebrate the ruling that was done here recently for the life of the unborn in the state of Texas. I'm thankful for what God is doing there. But there are so many other things within the church that need to be fixed. And we look at the government and go, well, the government's finally getting it right. Well, it's time for the church to get it right too. And to go back to preaching the gospel truth. Go back to preaching the Old and the New Testament. Go back and preaching about not only grace, but also a just God. Because if you want to know where the Bible winds up, are you ready for this? 
If you want to where the Bible winds up, we, we just like to stick to all the little pretty verses, all the pretty passages. But if you've ever read Revelation, it gets really ugly. And by the way, God causes all that. You say, well, what do we do? Well, I got good news for you. And we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. Folks, if you're under the, hand, the, the heavy hand of God right now, trust me, God is doing a work in your life. If you're under the hand of discipline from God right now, I've got good news. You can repent. You can come back and tell God, this is where my heart is. This is where I'm at. These are the things that are going on in my life. And, and, and God will cause those things to work together for your bank account. No, that's not what it says. For your health. No, that's not what it says. You may tell you what the church really needs, and I said it earlier. The church needs discernment. The church needs the ability to understand Scripture. And the church needs to have a heart for the lost. If a church has that, they will be recognized in the community as a, as a place of service. They'll be recognized in the community as a place that, that you can go to hear truth. They'll be recognized as a place in the community that brings others out of a life of sin and into a relationship with God. That's what we desire. Now, I want you to think about this for a moment. God came into Jonah's life very, very roughly. Just here, here he comes. He, he's called him. Jonah doesn't want to do it. Jonah's running, and God shows up, and he causes this great wind on the sea, and there was a great storm on the sea so that the ship was about to break up. God is coming to literally wreck Jonah's life until he repents and comes back. That's the kind of God that I want to serve. One that would be willing to wreck my life just so that I can land on his side. We understand that's the kind of God that we're supposed to be serving. One that is willing to come in and interrupt your life just to make sure that you're on the right path. He told the people in Deuteronomy chapter 28, and I won't read it all because it's a lot. But he says this now, Deuteronomy 28, verse 1. Now, it shall be if you diligently obey the Lord your God, being careful to do all his commandments, which I'm commanding you today, <clears throat> that the Lord your God will put you high above all the nations of the earth, and all these blessings will come to you and reach you if you obey the Lord your God. Now, I don't know about you, but I believe that whenever this nation our nation was founded this isn't for us by the way he's speaking here to god's people to the people of israel however i believe that it can also be for other people not this particular thing but the principle is good and i believe that when we began this nation it was nation that was seeking after the heart of god there's a lot of different people a lot of different folks but they wanted to honor God with everything that they had. And so we, we look at our Constitution and we look at all the stuff that, they, that was done early on in the life of America. And now look at what we're doing. We're trying to change the Constitution. We're trying to change things. People want in God we trust off of everything. We can't put the Ten Commandments up at, as a way to, to recognize God any longer in our courts. Because people have spoken up and the church has just been quiet. 
The church has just been quiet. We've just sat there. And we've taken it on the chin over and over and over again. When will the church stand up and say enough is enough? You see, that's what God will bless. That's who God is calling to do the work. His church. He says, and all these blessings will come to you and reach you if you obey the Lord your God. Blessed will you be in the city and blessed will you be in the country. Blessed will be the children of your womb, the produce of your ground and the offspring of your animals, the newborn of your herd and the young of your flock. You me tell you how I know the church isn't where it needs to be because the kids in church a lot of times are the most disrespectful kids you'll ever see in your life. Like if you're truly born again and you're a teenager, you're a young person, there should be respect out of your mouth towards your parents. Parents, if, if, if you're truly a, a godly person, you're expecting, you are demanding those things from your children. And yet we see in the church where the church itself has lost its way. Adults go to where their kids want to go because, well, that's the cool group over there. doesn't matter what the cool group is doing. We want to be in a church that's speaking truth and preaching truth. But if your kids aren't happy, well, it's time to go somewhere else. Do you see how the church is so messed up? God is saying, if you'll do these things, you will be blessed. But listen to what else the Bible says. It's very clear. Verse 15 says, but it shall come about if you do not obey the Lord your God to be careful to follow all his commandments and his statutes, which I am commanding you today, that all these curses will come upon you and overtake you. Cursed will you be in the city. And cursed will you be in the country. Cursed will your basket and your kneading bowl. Cursed will be the children of your womb, the produce of your ground, the newborn of your herd, and the offspring of your flock. He goes on to mention basically that you become the laughing stock of the people. So, Brother Tom, why are you sharing this with us? Because a lot of us are sitting here wondering, why are we going through all this? Why in the world in 2021 are we having all the issues that we're having? Folks, it boils down to one simple thing. The church. God's people. You see, the lost people are acting like what? They're acting like lost people. But when the church starts acting like the lost, there's a real issue. And what God does is he says, I've had enough, and here's what I'm going to allow to happen. What breaks my heart is how many churches have shut their doors during COVID. Just shut the door. It's done. It breaks my heart to see how many churches are bending to the changing of the meaning of the rainbow. Do you know what the rainbow actually means? It has nothing to do with LGBTQ. The rainbow has everything to do with God saying, I will never flood the earth again. We're seeing churches bend. I'm challenged on a regular basis with the question, 
what would you do if? And then they start laying all these things out. And my answer is always the same. I will do my best to lead somebody to Christ. Well, you're judging them. Get over that. Folks, you and I are called to judge everything that's been put in front of us. I'm just not to judge you worthy of heaven or hell. That's what happened to Jonah, remember? We must be a people who recognize our sin and we confess it and we repent of it because if we don't, the very God that we belong to will cause our life to be interrupted and he will bring us low. Bible says to humble yourself because if you don't, you know who will? God will. So if you're here today and you have this fear that will not leave, it is time to trust God and to say, God, whatever I have going on in my life, I want to confess that. And whatever I've got to do to get it right, Lord, I want to trust you with it. Because the last thing, God, that I want you to have to do is to come and deal with me in such a way because of my hard heart. I don't want to be like Jonah. I want to be found faithful. Maybe you're here today and you say, you know what, I'm doing what God called me to do, but I got all these other things that I know I shouldn't be doing in my life. Confess those as well. Repent. And come to that place of trusting God. What he has called you to, he will bring you through. You are not alone. Let's stand together. Father, we thank you that you love us. We thank you that we can trust that your word is good. Father, some of this is thousands of years old, and yet it's still good. And I thank you, Lord, that I believe in the earth that's only been here for a little over 6,000 years. It doesn't bother me. It doesn't scare me to think that way. God, I just know that you have called us as a church to be an example, to be a light, to be a magnet, to draw people by the way that we live, by by our obedience to you, to draw people and to the desire to follow the same God, one true God that we follow. So Lord, whatever we have going in our life today, Lord God, deal with it right now at this very moment. That we will confess it, we will repent before you come in and force us to humble ourselves. 
God, we humble ourselves today as a church and confess to you that we need you and that we are desperate for you. Lord, may we fall on our knees and seek you. We pray this in Jesus' precious and holy name.